welcome to episode 63, part A of True Cult Pop, the pop music podcast. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a lovely day or night. Maybe listening this evening. Maybe listening to it in the morning. I don't really know. But whatever you're doing, hope you're having a nice time. I'm here, as ever. My name's Stephen Hill. Hope you're doing well. Thanks very much for joining us once again on what should be a rollicking roller coaster of a look back on 12 amazing months in the year of music. I am joined as ever, as I should be, as I want to be, as I always desire to be, by my friend, my compadre, my confidant, my main man, my... Oh, I've run out of things, Gaz. But it's Gaz Jones, Uh, anyway. the, the buddy to your elf. There yeah, you go. the buddy to... Yeah. You, you've just seen Elf at the cinema. Celebrating have, its fifth anniversary as a film. Yeah, pa- yeah, no, third anniversary. Third anniversary, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was uh, yeah, the, the classic um, taking the moody teenage fruit of my loins, doing our kind of yearly pilgrimage to um, the multiplex uh, mm-hmm. flicks. Uh, usually it's kind of Home Alone that we kind of see, but this oh. Sunday it turned out it was Elf, and it was... It was a lot of fun, let's be absolutely honest. It's Elf. a lot of fun. I almost feel festive. Wow. Almost, almost. Elf. Mad thing. Elf with Will Ferrell. Uh, Christmas film version of the ABC box game. A, B or C <laughs> Christmas film for Elf. What box are you putting it in? Oh, this uh, is hard, isn't it? I have to maybe have to like reestablish oh. the rules here slightly. Mm. So A is like, this isn't a great Christmas film. I don't mm. really think this is making me very festive. B is, yeah, this is good, and I feel more festive after watching it, but I might not put it on. And C is tradition every year. Have to watch that. It's not Christmas if I don't watch X film in box yeah, C. Yeah, no, I put it in C. I put it in absolute C. I, I remember like going to see it like first time it came out, like, yeah, three years ago, obviously. <laughs> and uh, I went under duress. Going, this is going to yeah. be shit. Ah, because uh, I really wasn't a Will Ferrell fan back then. Mm. I found it outrageously annoying. Um, it wasn't until I think watching Old School when I was just like, ah, oh, yeah, this guy's and then he, genius. He charmed yeah. you. It, 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 it was it, you know, it was it, you know, Finchy, Lager. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and yeah, it's, it's so much, it is so much fun. I've generally forgotten because I'm getting all old and middle aged now. And and you you know that kind of thing of like when time is like just rushing ever quicker. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a couple of little tears. Mm. I'm gonna lie. Oh mate, things just, make, th- things just make me cry now. Just anything, and I'm just like, oh, here we go. Okay, I'm fine. Just embrace it, man. Just embrace it. It's fine. It's fine. Mm. Sam Slight just called me then while you were while we were. Oh really? While, while you were doing that, you you disappeared from my screen for a minute, and up came. The number of Sam's slight. So Sam, if you're listening to this, that's why I didn't answer. I won't tell him until now. But anyway, uh, that was like a nice little segue. Sorry to cut you off in the middle because I was going to do a. That's th- right. That that was what we just did. Was like a little warm up. It was like a little stretch. One. It's like a sort of mm. kickabout. So like a five aside, you know, three minute game, like a, a bleep test of what we're going to be doing next week when we present yep. our Christmas special, the box ABC game of Christmas songs. That's coming for oh. you next week. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Last week, if you listened to the podcast, you would have heard Sam doing his top 20 albums of the year. Very good list, I thought. Really, really good list. Great list. Great list. And this week, over two pretty mammoth episodes, Gaz and I will be counting down our 20 albums of the year. Well, our top five 
and the other 15 albums that make up the kind of amorphous blob of music yeah. that we've been enjoying yeah. this year. If you want to go over to our Patreon page, as ever, go over to patreon.com forward slash truecockpop where you can sign up for all of our special stuff, what we're doing over there. Mm. There will be a little bit of a hiatus for the £5 tier, not going to lie, because we've got Green Day Dookie, which I'm sort of working on, doing a bit of notes on doing that, but obviously like, there's a lot of stuff happening, so I think that's meant to come out next week. We might have Christmas off, if that's all right, so it'll come out kind of just prior or around the time of the new year, I would imagine. Don't have a proper date for that yet, but just hold tight on that one. Sorry about that. But also, we're doing... Do you know what? I've already forgotten the name of the album, which I haven't properly listened to it yet because we haven't recorded this podcast, but it's Amanaz... Yeah, and the album's called Africa. Africa by Amanaz from the 70s. Yeah. I know nothing about this, but no. I have had a load of texts from you going, bloody yeah. hell. It's amazing. I've gone down such a fucking wormhole with this album. The story behind it is fuck, pretty fucking fascinating. Oh, really? It's really, really interesting. There's a hell of a lot. As it turns out, there's a, there isn't much of a kind of wiki presence with this. <laughs> but if you just kind of Google Amanaz Africa blogspot... The amount of articles that have been written about this, there's a lot of really, really well-written sort of, you know, blogs about this album, and it's held in incredibly high regard. Wow! And okay. from living with it over the last week or so, I can totally understand why. Oh, mate, I'm I'm excited to finish yeah, recording wonderful. this podcast and to start listening to that album because mm. it sounds like it's going to be really, really good. Here she is, <laughs> squeaking away. Sam, getting in, in on it. Bonjour, squeaking away behind me as well. Noisy, noisy way to start the podcast. Anyway, <laughs> let's get on with it. 2023 in review from Gaz and I. Let's start this off. What we're going to do is basically what we did with Sam last week. We will be counting down our top 20 albums of the year. We've got a top five and we've also got EP of the year. We've got gig of the year. I kind of binned off festival set of the year. I, I can give a shout out to the 1975 were really good. But obviously, same for me, Code Orange and um, and uh, Death Grips at Outbreak were just so far ahead of everyone else in terms of what I saw at festivals this year. It was completely ridiculous. I would also chuck in Kill Switch Engage at Bloodstock, which was mm. brilliant as well. Yeah. And we're going to have a kind of I Don't Get It of the year at some point as well. So yeah, Gig of the Year, EP of the Year. I've got some songs of the year. I know you were a bit like, songs, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, I'll be talking about my favourite songs, I guess, as we go through the albums. Yes, yeah, sure. And one, I don't get it, of the year. But before we do, just broadly speaking, Gaz, 2023 is a year for music. And when you're putting this list together, looking mm. back on the last 11 months of music, yeah. what are your thoughts? How do you feel about this as a year in general? Um, Well, for me personally, it kind of started out, I guess, a little bit slow because kind of pre you know you asking me to come and co-host uh, the pod with you after kind of sam you know departed kind of sadly departed um these shores um i won't lie i was a little bit out of touch with kind of new new things um i kind of dipped my 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 toe in the water and stuff every now and again but it was always, it would always just inevitably be me just listening to fucking on the turn or <laughs> or, or pure do you know what i mean or fucking uh, you goose fair by you Charlie lucky Scott. bastard you yeah lucky i know right like, yeah and, and it's actually been really nice like kind of training retraining my mind especially like when i first came on the pod when we were still doing like five or six reviews a week so it would be like every week it would be 
it would get to like Friday, and which would be like new release day, but like, right, fuck, here we go. And mm. it would just be, you know, kind of training my ears and retraining my mind to kind of not just like listening to an album as like background music. It was actually like, for the first time in years, like listening intently to brand new stuff, whether I had any interest in it or not. Mm. And as it's turned out, it's been a hell of a year for new stuff. I've never been more clued up on new shit than mm. I am right now in uh, the start of December 2023. I mean, even though I've been doing the podcast all year and doing a review, I kind of feel so similarly about the, the, the trajectory of the year. I mean, there's I'm probably going to repeat a lot of the things that I've said already throughout the year when I, when I say this, but like, yeah, I certainly felt like I got towards the end of February and I was like, hmm, it's not really a lot that's getting me super excited. Although saying that, a few things have ended up in my top 20 that did get released around that period. But there, it seemed to hit a real sweet spot around the summertime through till probably yeah. just the last, even, you know, kind of going back like three or four weeks, there were like just kind of endless amounts of really, really great albums. And, you know, it's been... um. It's been a bit of a roller coaster in terms of, you know, we try and cover as much stuff as we possibly can on this podcast. And I sort of started the year coming out of it from, you know, the, having Kendrick Lamar and Little Sims albums and stuff like that last year being like, oh, hip hop, hip hop is is the thing. And then hip hop was pretty disappointing for me for a good it sort was. of six months. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? It was kind of disappointing. Yeah. And then like it 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 got going again and and metal was and metal as well you know like there was a lot of stuff in metal at first that i didn't really understand i found myself being like i'm i really am falling out of favor with metal quite a lot but the last few months going back to a problem like maybe one particular album i feel like my sort of enthusiasm for 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 like heavy music has really been sort of revitalized in the last like five or six months or so with a with a lot of the albums that have come out during that period and you know pop's been really good i think electronic music has been a big rediscovery for me this year like you know i i was always somebody who as we've discussed you know me and you discussed old rave classics that we used to listen to in the late 80s and early 90s <laughs> yeah. and that was something that really more than maybe you know during the kind of years where i was kind of exclusively listening to metal that was one of the things that really went away a lot like went away almost completely and entirely and this year is come back with a with a with a proper vengeance so i think as i look back and when i went to do it i was like you know i think every year you go oh yeah it's been a really really good year and i was kind of low-key thinking oh, you know i i did feel like 21 and 22 were both really super strong years with like yeah, 21 like, was amazing like legit kind of yeah. yeah like legit classic albums and even 2020 like legit classic albums and i kept thinking oh, yeah, all the years have been really good recently i don't think this is going to live up to it and now as i sit here i am like i think there's maybe more stuff that's actually going to stay with me than there has been yeah. for a a good few years you know like there's stuff that i'm just like well that's that's there forever now like it's yeah. it's really good um and so it was it was pretty hard picking my top 20. Hard picking a top 20 for you, did you think? Yeah, it was. I mean, my shortlist was about in the mid-40s. And shaving it down was quite brutal. I'm not going to lie. Mm. Um, you know, there's been some stuff that has kind of just been pipped to the post in the playoffs. And... Hmm. Uh, but yeah, we'll get some like we'll get yeah. some we'll get some honorable yeah, yeah. mentions in when we come yeah, to Yeah, of course. It, yeah. But, but yeah, like, like, like you said, um, a, a lot of the stuff that well, I think every one of these, no, no, it's not a case, but I think I know 
every one of my top 20 albums are going to stay with me, I think, for a, a good while. Because, yeah, they're all modern-day classics as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, there's loads of great one of mine. There is, for me, and I, I haven't spoken to you about this, but mm. and I've I've never had this happen to me before. But I'm not going to be talking about what I think is the best album of the year this year. I'm going to say this right now. Okay. The best album of the year is Ugly by Slow Tie. That's what I think it is, right? Okay. Were I not to have removed that and the stuff that's come out in the aftermath of that album coming out has meant yeah. that I haven't gone back and listened to it. No, and everything about it now feels really false and really horrible. And yeah. I don't want to listen to it. But I've never had this before where I've literally gone... I genuinely think, thinking about how I felt about that album after we after, when I heard it and then after we reviewed it when it came out, I was like, holy shit, this is going to be my album of the year. And when I was putting this together a couple of weeks ago when I started properly going, oh, what's going to be in the top 20? It didn't even cross my mind to put this album in here. And then when I was kind of going through the list of everything that went out, I was like, oh yeah, that Slow Tie album, that was incredible. It was brilliant yeah. at the time. And I've never had that before. I've never had the thing where I've had to go, where I've gone, oh, I, I'm not going to listen. I, uh, it's lost. That thing that we were saying before about, you know, if you're a, one of those people who go, eh, cancel culture and whatever, like this is not cancel culture. This is me listening to an album and being affected by it and believing it and then finding out some other stuff about the person who made it and then going, oh, so when you were saying that and when you're going, oh no, I'm I'm all fucked up. Actually, you were just making some, it doesn't sit the same. So I just wanted to make that little caveat that actually I've had to kind of remove what I think would have been my number one album of the year from the conversation. And I've never done that before. So it's a real shame, man. It, you know, it's yeah. obviously, I'm not the real victim here. Like, no, oh, boo-hoo, you don't get to listen to, <laughs> you know, 34 yeah. Yeah. minutes of music that you really, really like. Or, you know, yeah. you can if you want, but I, I don't wish to. Um, no. But, yeah, but it's, I think, I, I think back to sort of, was it 2017 when the, I remember when I was doing That's Not Metal and I was like, I'm, I'm not going to consider the brand new album. And it was fine because it wouldn't have got in my top 20 anyway. I don't really give a shit about brand new at all. I remember mm. Beats at the time being like, oh, you fucking ruined it for me. That was going to be my album of the year. And I was a bit like, oh, okay, well, you, you could have still had it if you'd wanted to have it. But It was it was in my top 10 albums of the year. But yeah, I, even now I, just, I, I struggle. Mm. I tried listening to some brand new a few months ago, actually. I tried listening to... Um, Oh, come on, the fucking second album's called. The one that's got Jesus Christ on it and Millstone. Uh, what, the uh, one, Deja Entendu? No, no, the one after that. Is it The Devil and God Are Raging Inside Me? Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't yeah. know enough about Brand New. Oh, that's no, it's fair. That, it, that, that was, it, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was an album that helped me helped me through an incredibly n- nasty fucking time in my life. And it was the first time I've li- been to listen to it in a long time. And I, yeah, I got two or three tracks in. I was just like, I, I can't listen to Brand New. Mm. Yeah. That, fuck, that, that hurt, man. That really hurt, you know. It's, it's it's been a while since I've gone back to one of one of those artists. So you know, you always you, know, you get bands like Lost Prophets. It's like, yeah, okay, draw a line in the sand. I I can't listen to that. No, that's fine. But yeah, 
that, yeah, it was, that was tough. Yeah, it was a really, really weird thing when it kind of dawned on me that I was like, yeah, I don't think I like anything quite as much as I liked that album mm-hmm. when I liked it. But then it just... It fucking, it, it fucking hurts though, doesn't it? When, 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 yeah, when you... Well, I was funny, you know, when you invest so much in, in an album or when an album kind of hits you in a certain way, and then that's kind of, and, and and the kind of, you know, the lyrical kind of content and stuff like that. And you're just like, fuck, man, that's, you know. And then it's all just like, oh, no, it all that is absolute bullshit. Mm. Yeah, it, I felt like I'd been conned. And the yeah, thing is, it yeah, was only it. kind it's of. Con, it's a con. It's like, oh, fuck you, man. Yeah. I've invested in this shit. Fuck you. Yeah, I felt like I'd been kind of, particularly with the subject matter of that album, it felt like yeah. something that you, it's like, oh, it kind of feels like you knew all the shit was going to come out about you. And so you made an album to go, oh, I'm actually a very complex person. And it just doesn't yeah, ring true anymore. Cool. So it's lost all of its power. And I don't want to listen to it anymore. And it's kind of like, ugh, well, I'd, you know, I'd mostly forgotten about it. But I thought it was worth saying that because that's never happened to me before. And it did this year. So it was a kind of, it, it, it was something that sort of lingered over my top 20. You know, it sort of lingered over that because I was a bit like, do I mention it? Do I not? And I thought it probably be- better to mention it than to to sort of think, oh, well, you know, I, I shouldn't. Do-. I'm not mentioning it to make you go, you should go listen to it. I'm not doing that at all. Quite the opposite, in fact. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a, it was an odd, it was an odd thing. So <sighs> let's move on. And talk about our top five EPs of the year. Let's do that first. Oh, yeah. okay. uh, do you want to go first or shall I? I, I was going to toss a coin, but I haven't got one anywhere. So. You haven't got a coin? Got it a was, coin. We're in cashless society now. Yeah, mate. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could uh, send you a random amount on PayPal and you yeah, see if fine. it comes out. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, what are you going to do? Going to flip your phone and see if it cracks. <laughs> yeah. If it cracks, you go first. Good, so. yeah. I'm sure you have a thing in it anyway i tell oh, you you yeah. go first you go first okay all right um all right well um again there are no particular order apart from my i i, I do have a number one ep of the year cool um but um okay let's well we'll start with um like i said yeah no we've got four in no order and then you then i got my favorite so we've got uh we've got the hope conspiracy confusion chaos misery mm-hmm Oh, it's fucking good to have him back. That's in, you know, I'm going to just say that's one of mine as well. That's one of mine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's oh, cool. brilliant. Nice. Yeah. It's you know short, sharp shot, blasting rock and roll, man. Big in tuned riffs and songs that sound like an out of control train. And yeah, it's fucking glorious. I really hope there's an album next year coming. Yeah. Of of, of all the kind of heavy things that came out in EP form this year, and I would even count yeah. Better Lovers in that as well. I'm having the Hope Conspiracy as like the one that came along and it was fucking brilliant. What are you doing? This cat is climbing. What is Bonjour doing? She's just knocking things over. Why did you do this? Anyway. I did realise, because you you know, was it when you were talking to Rich Hobson uh, last week? Like, I did realise your office is now a fucking assault course for your cat. I know, she's looking at like the bloody, (laughs) you're not going to get up there. She's looking at the wardrobe above it. She's not going to get up there. Brilliant. She's like, I can have that. <laughs> she's, she's like, Jay, isn't she? Wardrobe completed it, mate. Yeah, <laughs> she will. Speaking of James chance. Buckley, yeah. Um, and then we, uh, okay, next we've got uh, Aphex Twin, uh, Black Box Life Recorder. Oh, yeah. Fucking Fuck. loved it. So, so good. You, you forgot that one, didn't you? I did. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, that's never been far away from kind of repeated plays um, over the past few months. That's brilliant. This beautifully sparse minimal electro with a real kind of like analog warmth like it's, it's almost like hauntingly calm you're utterly vital and alive 
and you know it's it's the sound of the 7 a.m come come down in full effect mm, yeah it's really good <laughs> but it, but it but you know unlike a nasty 7 a come 7 a.m come down it's it's actually quite beautiful mm. <laughs> it's uh yeah it's apex twin man but you know he's, he's got nothing left to prove and it's just nice that every now and again he'll just plop out another ep and it's just like yeah he's a fucking genius it's good uh better lovers God made me an animal. I mean, you know, like Sam kind of put, you know, Greg from Dillinger fronting every time I die. I mean, what's not to love about that most glorious of sentences? It's very good, yeah. I like it. You know, mm. It sounds every bit as good as you imagine it does. You know, proper kick-ass breakneck punk and roll with massive riffs and beatdowns. Um, wish I got to see them um, kind of earlier earlier this year. Um, yeah. Hopefully there's an album. Hopefully this isn't just like a one-off no, it won't kind be. of thing. You know, I, mean, I know they've released another, they've released like a, a standalone song, I mm-hmm. think, a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. I haven't actually listened to it yet, but yeah, Better Lovers, fantastic. Um, next up, we've got uh, Dave and Central C. Yeah, that is Split pretty decision. good. Yeah. I, fuck, I love it. I'm, yes, it's throwaway as fuck, but I don't know, it's just a real joy to it. It's loose and casual grooves and just it's just fun, man. There's nothing serious about it. And that's what I love, you know, proper easy summer jams. Sprinter, Sprinter's a classic. I think that was a number one. Mm, it was. For like, it probably was number one for weeks. Even my son knows it. I was playing it in the <laughs> van. And he was like, oh, I, he judged me. You know, Dad, why are you listening to TikTok music? I'm like, shut up. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it's a classic. It's an almost like throwaway banger. You know, Dave and Central C's voices just intertwine. Absolutely fucking wonderful. But my EP of the year, and it's only been out a few days... But I must have listened to it about a dozen times. Uh, it's the new uh, EP slash release from Peterborough's finest, Reservoir Dogs. Oh fuck yeah! Now no, I'm not listening oh. to this yet, but this is the I like these guys, and you brought them in, yeah. and they're really good. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. They're, they're great. It's just it's superb because like over the past kind of six months to a year, they've just been dropping the odd song. This is like the first EP, um, or like group of four songs they've done in about eighteen months, two years. Uh, so like superb old school beats and rhymes from like just one of my favourites from the UK hip hop scene in a minute. Uh, you got um, uh, Scrolls and Mr B, just a pair of MCs cut from a different time. But it's massive four hours vibes on here, and you all know how much I love the four hours. Uh, you know, dusty vintage samples, all kind of smoky percussion and funky keys, springs, strings and brass. It's just tons of fun, man. And this is their best bunch of songs to date. It's fucking wonderful. It's on all the streaming services. So get out there. All you lie out there listening to this. Just get your phones out and listen to Reservoir Dogs. They're, mm. they're bloody wonderful. And yeah. lovely parallels as well. Really good. Really, really good. Okay, cool. I mean, I'm going to mm. shout out Yeah Your Bay, Exes of the North Star, which is nice. one of the um, nicest discoveries I made this year. Yeah Your Bay is a brilliant soul artist and she's got an absolutely mm. wicked voice. And this is like a kind of a companion piece to an album that she put out last year. The album is really good, but this was the first thing that I actually listened to of hers. And so I think I've kind of gravitated to it a little bit more. Um, Hope Conspiracy, again, Confusion, Chaos, Misery. Yeah, back. Yeah. Just absolutely love that band. And it is a just a headbutt to the bridge of your nose, followed by a <laughs> stiff uppercut to your jaw. And, you know, yeah. and it's great. Um, I we, think that's the title of their next EP. I hope so. <laughs> I do hope so. Uh, we Go Again by Any. I think Any is playing with Loyal Karna at uh, nice. All Points East next year. And she has got, I think, the potential 
to step into that vying with little sims space for one of the most sort of articulate exciting female mcs in uk hip-hop at the moment i think there are you know dave's on that um that ep as well i think she's 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 really cool again great flow she does you know um she does have a way to go obviously before she can kind of compete with little sims but i have carried on listening to that ep and the more i've listened to it the more i'm like the potential here is massive like absolutely massive so i think she's really cool sam mentioned this one last week limerence by jessica winter is wicked absolutely great great ep really really good like just you know a, a really good discovery from sam like uh, just sort of shimmering hyper pop vibes all the way through it. i think you know it's really good she's got a really good voice and you know clutter is an absolute banger one of the bangers of the year but my ep of the year is fountain of youth by adult dvd the leeds based synth post punk uh dance rock adult, crew adult adult dvd do you say they are called adult what dvd what fucking awesome band name that is it is an awesome band name it <laughs> also great. makes them quite difficult to google as well no so shit. it's called so you need to put in adult dvd if you put in adult dvd band i think you might get some okay. dodgy shit coming out so you want to put in adult dvd it depends how you spell band doesn't it <laughs> yeah, yeah it does yeah it really really does but this is this is great i mean this is great kind of lo-fi lcd sound system-esque dance rock um uh, like it's quite tongue-in-cheek very very filthy sounding great just head bobbing synth pop the song bill murray is is awesome it's like really like it's, it's one of the most fun songs of the year bill murray bill murray is a ginger cat tom hanks tom hanks <laughs> saying catch me if you can like it's just basically brilliant them saying Bill Murray and then saying something Bill Murray did in one of his songs and then Tom Hanks and Tom Hanks doing something that has said in his his songs. What is it? Um, Bill Murray, Bill Murray is chasing after slime. Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks is chasing the bloodline. I love that. Like Great. silly, like, you know what I mean? It's not, <laughs> it's not kind of wacky and silly, but it's a bit sort of tongue in cheek and it's just a great, it's just a, a really good dance rock EP. I like this band very, very much, and I would like a full-length album from. But for the minute, I would say yes. Um, Adult DVD, Fountain of Youth is my favourite EP of the year. So let's Lovely move on. stuff. Let's move on to gigs. Five gigs, Gaz. Mm. What okay. you got? Uh, well, uh, again, they're in no particular order apart from uh, my gig of the year. Uh, so, uh, first we'll talk about... Uh, let's talk about Roger Waters at the O2. Oh, yeah, let's. Oh, a little bit of politics. <laughs> Quite a bit <laughs> of politics, to be fair. A lot of politics. And a lot of shit went down, as it turned out, with, according to where my mate was sitting. Um, I mean, it's as close as I'll ever get to seeing Pink Floyd's live. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, you know, at, just absolutely mind-blowing set list. You know, a gorgeous Sid Barrett tribute as well. I thought it was really kind of, really, really kind of tastefully done, really yeah, well done. Um, you know, hearing those songs from Dark Side of the Moon and The Wall live, it was it was fucking life-affirming stuff. I, again, I never thought that would happen. And then it was like, oh, what's that coming around? Oh, it's a flying pig. Brilliant. 
Um, you know, the stage, the stage set was incredible. And like, you know, Roger, he kind of kept the politics in check. For the, you know, there was one little kind of 10 minute bit, I think, when he just went off on one. Um, but some of the stuff he was saying, you know, about the whole kind of, you know, it's satire, darling. That did kind of make me chuckle a little bit. I mm. did find that kind of funny. Um, you know, he was just playing a character, you know. Um, but it was, yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. You know, there was there was a funny old vibe walking up towards the O2. There was a lot of kind of, you know, protesters and stuff like that. But, you know. It was hearing those songs. It was. It stayed with me. It stayed with me for quite a few weeks after that. That it was just like fuck, man. I've mm. just you know I've seen Roger Waters, courtesy of you. Thanks, mate. No worries <laughs> at all. I mean, yeah, seeing those songs, it was it was it was pretty incredible to see those songs mm. live. It, it yeah. really was. Yeah. It really. Yeah. It was. It was incredible. Um. Right. Next, we'll talk about we'll talk about Jaw at uh, yeah. the Sebright Arms. Um. This isn't the first time Andy Cares is beginning a mention tonight. Spoiler. Um, a, what, you know, it was just a wonderfully kind of loud dose of like industrial riffs and darkness in a perfect venue for it. I don't know if any, anyone out there has been to the Sebright Arms, but it's kind of low ceiling. It was like an insanely hot kind of end of summer's eve. I think it was, was it about September time? Yeah, it was. Like yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. 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 It was September. Yeah. Because I was off end of September, I think it was. Um, and it was... It was great, you know, loud, sweaty, in your face, all kind of pounding riffs, kinetic energy. Um, they they basically came on and said, "Look, we've got we've got eight songs. That's all we're going to play." Uh, and they did. They played the whole album start to finish. They finished on the incredible cover of Bjork's Army of Me. Um, big shout out to Street Grease who was supporting as well. Sam told me like get down there early and watch Street Grease, and then it turned out I knew their drummer and I hadn't seen him in about fifteen years. So. Yeah, sh- shout out Charlie Simmons. I mean, I think he's living in Japan at the minute. Um, yeah, lovely old boy. It was lovely having to catch up with him. And uh, yeah, I had a lovely little chat with Andy Cairns afterwards. A lot of fun, man. A lot of fun. Mm. I'd like to see him, uh, but, but you know, oh, I can't remember why I didn't go, but I didn't go anyway. Go uh, you, 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 you were looking, to, you were too, too busy looking fly in your... Uh, in your oh, yeah, seat, of course. Yeah, I was. Yeah, yes, I was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You were doing the other job. I was, yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, let's talk about um, let's talk about symposium and A at the electric ball. All right, I'm giving you, I'm be, giving you, yeah. I'm giving you thirty seconds. That's to fine. Sum this That's up. fine. Yeah. Right. Deep breath. <laughs> uh, proper night sing along night banger after banger. Even though like A had an awful sound, the setlist was bulletproof. Symposium were tight as hell, and it's always a pleasure knowing that I'm not the only one who was flying the flag for so many years for them. You know, is this is this the was that the final time Symposium will play? Possibly, you know, from from the chat I had with Ross on the train ride home, they might do something else soon. But you know, I mean, if you know, if if that's kind of full stop for the band, I'm more than fine with that. I've seen them twice in the last two years, and they've both been fucking great. Symposium that night, that was the best I've ever seen Symposium play, and boy, have I seen that band a lot over the. Years. 28, do 29, it. 30. Yay! <laughs> Yay. <laughs> uh, right. Um, 100 Reasons, Hellas for Heroes and My Vitriol at the Hammersmith Apollo. Apollo? I think yeah. it is Apollo, yeah. Aventim mm. Apollo or whatever mm. it's called, isn't it? Um, you know, after the comeback of the year, you know, three of my early noughties kind of favourite bands kind of hit the roads. You know, welcome back, like Lost Friends. Hellas for Heroes set 
was all the bangers from Neon Handshake. Two new tunes that bode well for the um, alleged new album next year. Fingers crossed that happens. Uh, My Vitro were great. Um, their sound wasn't particularly awesome, but they played um, uh, what's the track? The Submitted Choose, and I lost my shit. Um, yeah, Hundred Reasons set was like it was literally like a greatest hits. Plus, they played eight songs off the latest album, Glorious Sunset, which shows how good that album is and how easily those songs integrate into the show. Falter made me cry, and Cerberus made me scream my lungs hoarse. And I met Grant from Feeder. All in all, a really good night. Sounds good. Does sound it good. was great. It was yeah. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And I, I was, that was the first night I met Sean as well. Sean Levinson. Hi, Sean. And Mike Collins. What a lovely, fun evening that was. Yeah, I wish I'd bloody gone to that. I fucking fucked it, didn't yeah, I? It was, Idiot. It was, uh, you know, it happens, mate. It happens. Uh, and gig of the year, it was always going to be. It had to be. Best part of 30 years in the works. Finally got to see Curb Dog this year, didn't I? Hey! Yeah, man. Yeah. That was good. It was that spe- was, it was good. It, it was special. It was a special night. Uh, yeah, c- celebrating well a belated kind of celebration of 25 years of on the turn you know a beyond sold out Islington Academy and a set list that was literally a greatest hits just despite only having two albums they were on fire from the start and I lost my shit so many times it was it was it was actually comical you know Sally End of Green JJ Song on the turn Severed Dummy Crusher it was it was ridiculous uh, you know it was it was hellishly loud um, you know arm and arm singing what a band what a night I had so much fun and I yeah, finally got great. to see Curb Dog I can't believe I finally got to see fucking Curb Dog and I shook Cormac Battle's hand afterwards as well which was uh, yeah it was it was the, the only reason to go to the to pop into the Lexington Arms on the way back to King's <laughs> Cross for a pint was for that because I fucking ate the Lexington Arms <laughs> it was good man it was really good uh, for me I'm going to shout out, uh, before I start, I'm going to say, I saw out on John and Duran Duran at the O2 yeah, all right, this year, right? and I have to say, like, they would be in the situation, the conversation, but, but I did talk about them quite a lot last year, so I'm not going to add them in. I'm going to say, first of all, Blur at Wembley Stadium was just fucking brilliant. It was fucking brilliant. I have seen Blur before, you know, I have witnessed those songs have you seen them since they since they reformed in like 20 no you're you, no. you were like me it was only the 90s yeah, i only and, saw them know. back in the day right so when they came back and i missed them i think they clashed with something i couldn't get a glastonbury i you know i just had never got around to seeing blur for so many years so i was like and and i've rediscovered blur in a massive way over the last like five years or so i, I i'm yeah. back to feeling about them how i felt about them when i was like 14 15 years old and for them to be so good and to play the biggest headlining show of their career at wembley stadium and to pick a set list which included new songs from yeah. their excellent new album which right album which doesn't get in my personal top 20 but is an excellent album and for them to fit in so seamlessly and for them to do such a, a brilliance i mean you know when that mirror ball came on at the end of um the universal it was i felt like my heart was gonna explode it swelled yeah. up to like five times the size it was absolutely brilliant and beautiful and I am delighted that Blur are back. So that was one. Um, 
Paramore at the O2. Never seen Paramore. I'm not going to say too much about this gig. They were great. I sat down the whole way through because there was a shorter young lady behind me who was very excited. (laughs) Very, very excited. And it was weird because I was sort of sitting there, like crouched in my seat. And I was like, I... Uh, I'm having the best time, but I probably don't look like I'm having the best time. But they were great. And I got, you know, and, and Block Party was supporting them. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, you're not, maybe. you can't have a bad night when that's going on. So yeah, no. Pam was brilliant. Uh, a more recent one that snuck in at the last minute, Creeper at Shepherd's Bush Empire. Ah. Creeper, I have seen a lot over the years. Do you know what I mean? I have seen Creeper a lot. And the one thing that has never, ever changed with Creeper, well, there's quite a few things that haven't changed. They've they've always been really good. But one thing that's never changed is just the mania in the crowd when you go and see Creeper. You never go and see Creeper and people and like the people at the back talking. I was stood at the back of Shepherd's Bush Empire and me and everyone else I was with and the whole back row were losing our shit like we were on the barrier. Like that band really do inspire something in people. And I was a little bit like, how are they going to do this? Like, cause they've got three very, very different albums and the, the way they managed to kind of seamlessly transition through the various different phases of their career one i thought was incredibly impressive and two it made me go aren't this band brilliant that they've got so many different things that they've done from kind of classic goth punk to you know the the, the meatloaf stein steinman isms to the the pulpy suede you know kind of to the the chris isaacy americana like and they did it all and none of it felt out of place and none of it felt weird and i just i'm really happy they got metal hammer album of the year this week as well and yeah. I'm, I'm dead happy for them um i was always going to mention depeche mode at twickenham for again for whatever reason i've never seen depeche mode and finally getting to see depeche mode was i mean sam talked about it last week so i won't go on about it too much yeah. we talked about it at the time like you know it feels a bit bittersweet after the passing of Andy Fletcher, you know, it being the pair of them. But that set list, although, you know, what more could you ask for? Well, <laughs> you could ask for you to play for six hours and just play basically <laughs> yeah. your entire back catalogue. Yeah. That's what you could ask for. But they were brilliant. Dave Gahan is, I would say, without question in the conversation for the greatest frontman in history. Like... Even at his age, having been doing this since the late 70s, he is still a whirling dervish of flamboyance, camp, threat, danger, sex appeal. And those songs are the best songs. They're just they're just the best songs. They're just the best songs that anyone could ever write, pretty much, right? Yeah. So, you yeah. know, it had to be Depeche Mode at Twickenham. It was fucking brilliant. But the gig of the year comfortably maybe the gig of the decade maybe the gig of the millennium was the weekend at Wembley Stadium which was I mean I saw the weekend twice and both times it was absolutely jaw-dropping astonishing and the West Ham gig where we were sat up in the you know in the the kind of in the in the seats and getting to see the entire production play out as one big kind of moving jigsaw puzzle piece was was amazing. And I didn't quite get to see that on the floor of Wembley Stadium. But seeing little bits and being a bit closer to him. And when it started raining, when you heard bing, 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 and then when the beat dropped and it, a few spits come down, then when the beat comes in and he did the last five songs in a torrential downpour, like the most 
ridiculous summertime torrential downpour and it was just like this incredibly euphoric thing you know i've seen elton john and duran duran and depeche mode and madonna this year yeah. the person yeah. who made me go holy fuck the most out of all those people was the weekend it was like it, it was like seeing michael jackson or prince in their prime yeah it was fucking unbelievable and if you said to if you said to me tomorrow, make a list of the best gigs you've ever been to ever, I a, a top ten that would be in the top ten. It was unbelievable. Both both of them were absolutely unbelievable. I've just pipped Wembley as the one off gig because of that little special bit towards the end. But I would say both nights were just, you know, you, you, both times I came out of that gig and I, I the, the people that I were with we were just we're just looking at each other like what the fuck ha, what have, what have we just seen it was absolutely mad absolutely mad so there you go uh we'll do songs and i don't get this of the year next i mean you won't do songs but we'll, we'll go as we go through we'll do a couple yeah. but we'll, we'll do a couple of shouts album shouts for the year uh, i'm just gonna bust through a few if you don't mind gaz um yeah sure mate I've got quite a big list of stuff that didn't quite make it in. Struggler by Genesis Wusu. Love that last album. Really do like this one. Hasn't quite stuck with me as much, although it was dead close to getting in. Moments of Clarity by Narrowhead. Absolutely love that record. Uh, just 90s brilliant. If this had come out later, it's getting in there. Coranta by Danny Brown. Brilliant record. Oh, yeah. Just came in a little bit too late for me. I think I was a bit harsh on Maps by Billy Woods and Kenny Siegel. I've been listening back to that since Sam talked about it and Dave talked about mm. it last week. And... Yeah, I it's it's brilliant. It's really brilliant. Uh Free Range to Passions by the Dirty Nil is one of the best straight up rock albums of this year. It is mm. fucking excellent. This nearly got in as well. Plague Boys by Grave Pleasures. Like mm. maybe I would say may maybe totally about that maybe the best goth punk album of the year, actually. And I know that <laughs> I know there's another big one, but um yeah. you know, um Praise the Lord Who Choose by Eve's Tumor, I thought was excellent. You know, melding kind of Prince versus Resnitisms is really, really cool. The best Blood Command album that they've done in since I discovered them in 2012, World Domination, I thought the Blood Command was amazing. Sangrivore by Creeper, we've said it enough times, it's absolutely amazing. Volcano by Jungle, that Jungle album is just a beautiful sort of buffet for the ears it's like it's like walking through a sweet smelling garden for the ears it's it's absolutely brilliant another one that sort of snuck off me garden of eden by bad rabbits like oh yeah bringing yeah. some serious funk to like mm. you know alt rock it's really really good rock by ohms sam spoke about it last week you know the the now departed ohms that is for me their best album and their last album did get in my 20 albums of the year it's just that i think the standard's been a lot higher this year so it's just missed out but that is a brilliant record with hooks and with great riffs and with you know kind of full throttled gr gruff sounding roars to it it's excellent uh fused by everything but the girl out of nowhere yeah like, everything but the girl coming along doing a mm. drum and bass song and you know <laughs> and and doing like kind of dubstepy stuff and then sounding like classic everything but the girl like it's stayed with me. It's really, really stayed with me. Um, I discovered a rapper called Sideshow and he released an album called Two Millimeters Don't Just Stand There over the last like month or so, but it's been out for quite a long time. 
he's brilliant he's weird he's got that kind of jpeg mafia like i don't know what you're doing here mate i don't really know what's going on in your brain but it's a lot and ideas jump from place to place to place but he's really really cool very very good um the first two pages of frankenstein by the national was so close to getting into my 20 that is brilliant that record the national are brilliant they've released two just wonderful albums this year i would say first two pages of frankenstein is the is the better of the two maybe because i've just lived with it longer and the final one again i think if this if i'd have heard this a few months ago that chris stapleton album higher is fucking oh, yeah. excellent man it's yeah. so good so um yeah there you go there's a few little shout outs i want to give you got any of them gaz uh yeah i mean well got a, sort of a few similar seals yeah bad rabbits garden of eden absolutely superb mm. just just Bringing the bringing the you know, bringing the funk slap at the base. Yeah, um, yeah. Danny Brown, Carranza, just yeah. If only it had come out a few months ago, mm-hmm. I might stick it in next year's album album of the year just by because yeah, I I can't see much even beating that next year. Yeah, <laughs> even Green Day. Yes, yes. Um, uh, Teenage Wrist. Love oh, that yeah, album. That, that was good, in there. Yeah. That was in there, and I, I, yeah, that's one. Like, Fuck, oh. I forgot about that. That's great. That album. It's so it's well nineties. <laughs> Shocker. Um, yeah, uh, Colin Minogue. Tension. I fucking yeah. I, I I liked it more than you. I think, mm, and I really I did like it. I, I mean, I did yeah. when I came to it. I was like, is this the best pop album? Because there's a few others, and I was like, yeah. nah, not quite. But yeah, that that's dead good. That kind it, of album. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Blur, obviously. Mm-hmm. Wonderful streets ahead of uh, the magic. You know, the magic whip was was poor, very bad. I've got no issue saying it was poor. Mm-hmm. Okay, but w- yeah, what they came out with this year was it was wonderful, and it kind of made me cry. And it, like you were saying, it, it kind of made me realise why I've, I fell in love with Blur back in the day. And I was just like, I it was just like rediscovering an old, mm. an old flame, an old flame, an old flame. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, but probably the biggest one on the list, and again, I was just like, oh, oh at least put it in. But I knew you, I'm pretty sure you've got it in. But yeah, Paramore, this is why it's missed out. It's missed mm. out. Okay. But it's fucking great. Mm. It's the best Paramore album. Mm-hmm. And what a band. Hayley Williams, what a superstar. And they're great. And I love the fact that, you know, they're legit festival headliners now. It's great. It is good. Yeah. It's a wonderful, wonderful album. So let's crack on then. We're gonna do mm. we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get going. Um do you wanna start or shall I start? What do you reckon? Uh you can start, mate, if you want. Okay. Well I tell you what, because they're in no real order until we get to the top five, let's get the obvious one from me out of the way first. There was never gonna be even any question whatsoever that Code Orange weren't going to make my top 20 albums <laughs> of the year list. The last two albums I put out have been my favourite albums of the year. And then here they come, not being in the top five, which is mental in a lot of ways because I don't actually think the above is a step down in quality from, I mean, certainly not from forever. I do I do love Underneath and I do think it is a legit fucking full-blown full blown classic um i don't think the above really i i don't think there's there's a big conversation about which of those two, which i would be more than willing to have about which of those two albums 
are actually the best because I don't really think there's a lot in it. It's just been that this year there has been such a fucking phenomenal amount of albums that are just incredible that have meant that Code Orange don't kind of get into my into my top five. But never let that make you think that I don't still think Code Orange are just the best fucking band around at the moment because they are the best fucking band around at the moment. They are brilliant. And this record is like is one of the things that i love about this record is that i kind of thought i had a handle on code orange turns out i don't at all and you know is it their most um is it their most kind of retro sounding record they always sounded kind of super futuristic and here you know i think that thing where before i've said oh if you can imagine like typo negative and mad ball mixed with clipping and injury reserve and they managed to get that very very cutting edge sounding industrial and like experimental hip-hop thing with the classic sound of rock music in the 90s they've really leaned in i think a lot on obviously they have with you know billy corgan rocking up and much more kind of nods towards alice in chains and Soundgarden and obviously smashing pumpkins and more rock you know what i mean like i never necessarily thought code orange would become like a rock band and i've seen people kind of sneeringly go oh wrestle metal and and all this kind of stuff and actually i think you know a song like mirror sounds more like porter's ed than it sounds like anything that would be on a wwe soundtrack (laughs) i think code orange of essentially what they've done is they're starting to leave not just hardcore but metal behind. They're starting to leave yeah. it. They're starting to shed and turn to something completely different. I find that incredibly, incredibly exciting. I wouldn't be surprised if in a couple of years we get another album where I go, okay, well, now I've no fucking clue what the mm. fuck is going on with this band because they've they've evolved into something that is truly, truly unique. This is unique in the way that it sounds like Code Orange. I think Reba sounds great. I think the thing about Code Orange, which I always love, is that they are putting hooks and melodies and genuinely sing-along sounding choruses into heavy music. And don't get me wrong, right? The above is still very, very heavy. Splinter the Soul is amazing. And when that hook comes in, every single time I just go fuck I just don't think any of these other bands can do that I don't think anyone else are capable of channeling the amount of stuff that Code Orange channel Porter's Ed Nine Inch Nails Type of Negative Soundgarden Smashing Pumpkins Clipping do you know what I mean the list goes on and on and on and on it's such a kind of mad thing to me that people would just reductively like just say oh they sound like Slipknot or it sounds like something from a WWE thing. It's like... Uh, it's, just la- it's, just la- it, it's just lazy well, fucking cons- comparison. It's total ignorance is what it is. It's you've not heard these things before. The only thing... Mm. Your your ear is tuned to wrestling music. And of, of course, yeah. of course you've never heard fucking Susie and the Banshees. If, you know, like if, if you're 24 and you go to download to watch Slipknot. Of course you're not familiar with what these things are. But like, you know, they are there. They're absolutely there. This album's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. And Code Orange, again, are just... They're just much better (laughs) than any of their peers. There are some really, really, really good 
modern metal bands at the moment right there are some really good ones and i've thawed out a little bit to quite a few of like uh, i actually quite like bad omens now i actually quite like bad omens which i never thought i'd say if you'd ask me a year ago if i'd like bad omen i'd be like no no i actually think they've got some quite good songs they couldn't do this they couldn't do this they they wouldn't they wouldn't they just you know they can't and they're a decent version of like that sort of thing they're still the best they're still the standard they're still the bar that you have to jump over you know like even the big boys like architects and bring me their eyes and bands that i like that i have respect for you're not getting close to code orange lads so you, you you're just not you're just not um yeah the above was always going to be here so there you go got the obvious one out of the way <laughs> gaz what's well your done. what's your first pick uh my first pick oh hang on uh where are we? Where are we? Uh, anywhere, I think. Anywhere? Okay, let's start <laughs> at the beginning. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm going with, uh, yeah, easily the most recent kind of pick. Um, this this had to be in there. This is the one I was just like, I really want to put this in. I think this is the album that replaced Teenage Wrist in my list. Okay. Literally a few days ago. But it's uh, it's too rough by Chaser Status, mate. I do you know I, I nearly gave that a little mention. Fucking I just great. like it, this had to be in there. Mm. Out of all the albums we reviewed in the uh, November, like end of November, yeah. start of December, catch up. This is the one. But I I had so much fun listening to it, and I listened to it again. Um, when I was taking my son somewhere uh, yesterday, and I was like, yeah, I've totally made the right decision. It's it's just it's a superb kind of mixtape style album. I mean, I'm just basically kind of be repeating verbatim what I said like two weeks ago. But uh, you know, soundtrack in the dark underbelly of the council estate. It's just vibrant, colourful drum and bass that twists and turns, and it's nasty. It's nice all at once. Like you know, wop wop drum drops and just like mm. hooks for days. Baba dem, baba dem, baba dem, baba. Banger. It's like. But when me and my girlfriend got on a taxi, um, when was it? I think it was last Friday evening. So we were going to, uh, we were going to, well, we were going to go get a train somewhere, and I got on the Uber. What was the song that was playing? He had Kiss FM. I got into the, got into the cab. <laughs> I'd literally just been, I think, just before that, I'd been raving about, oh my, to my girlfriend about, oh, you need to hear this new Chaser status. And she was just like in the kitchen going, ba ba dem, ba ba dem. First song in the Uber, ba ba dem, ba ba dem. I was like, yes, mate, this is great. Um, I mean, the Babadook is a legit banger, but there are so many bangers on this mm. album. Stefan Don is, is wonderful on it. There's so many insane kind of guest kind of um, like vocalists uh, on this. And it's just, it's so, so, so much fun. Probably the most fun album I've listened to this year. Mm. And yeah, it's definitely going to stay with me. I always had a soft swap chasing status. Uh, no More Idols. I, 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 um, I still love that album. And yeah, it's great to have them back. And it seems like all the the kids are loving them. Apparently, they've got like three songs in the top twenty Mate. or something. Someone was telling me. Yeah, like they've got like they're they're bigger now than they were when they were like up and up when they were playing at fucking download. M- Do you know what MK I mean? MK Bowl twenty twenty four will be there, I reckon. Me and I'm you well for that. Fuck it, oh, I'm <laughs> down. One oh. really keen. To go to that, yeah. mate. Because, yeah, that album is excellent. I'm, it's great. I was always a bit like, oh, yeah, Chasing Status. But, yeah, I was actually like, oh, yeah. shit, this is a fucking Fully great. In. Fully in on this. Um, yeah. Great, yeah, Chasing Status. That is a, that is a yeah. good pick. Mate, I'm going to carry on that um, that kind of electronic classic artist loving by adding Optical Delusion by Orbital 
to my list, Ooh. right? Now, nice. I think Orbital were always one of the most important bands in the kind of early 90s rave stroke dance oh, revolution. Massively. Like, absolutely they were. Green album, brown album. You know, I think yeah. Snivelization was one of, just for my age, I'm not sure if, like how much people kind of consider that to be like uh, a legit classic. But, you know, I, I think that was just, the time that it came out for me um but you know I, they were you know orbital got to a point where i was like i don't really listen to their albums but they've got a bunch of songs that i that i like right and yeah. you know they kind of they split they came back um they split the duo and they're, they're not it's not the, even the original duo anymore and you just sort of think you go oh, okay right so it's a kind of I, the next comeback album like you've gone five years away the lineups change. I went into it really not expecting anything from this at all, right? Nothing at all. And to get an album that sounds in a year when we've had, I mean, actually, like I, I heard the Leftfield album, which came out actually at the end of last year, but I heard it kind of at the start of this year. To get that Leftfield album, to get that Chemical Brothers album, and to get this Orbital album all in the same, and you get Prodigy gigs as well. It's like, oh, that yeah. that shit. And I think we get we got a new Underworld song, which is fucking amazing as well. Yeah, and it's it, like, yeah, it is. It's like these lads aren't letting go of the the baton anytime soon. This is like pretty much as close to 90s dance nirvana as you will ever hear from one of these yeah. artists in in this day and age it is absolutely brilliant day one just shimmers and jingles and jangles and makes you want to like your, your legs skittering makes your like legs just you can't you can't stop moving <laughs> are you alive with uh, penelope isles is, is absolutely brilliant i mean dirty rat with sleeve of mods is maybe the most <laughs> aggro that orbital yeah. have ever sounded and home with anna b savage is like gloriously kind of low for, the thing about orbital is they never went for that like what we were just talking about chasing state it's like rah that kind of raging yeah. thing orbital never really did that they no 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 they're always much kind of more chill and classy yeah it was it's all kind of like you know it's all kind of a bit Shimmering. a bit more ethereal and a bit more you know yeah. and 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 so to get like oh fuck me like, orbital sounding angry with like jason yeah. from sleaford mods on it was yeah. amazing but like this is just you know it it sounds classic but it also doesn't sound dated and it's not something that i it's something i, I don't think you'd play this to a young person who is into like no, it depends what they're into if they're into like skrillex and stuff then yes they would but if they, you, you kind of got someone who's interested in electronic music and you said listen to this i don't think they'd go oh god this sounds like an old sort of classic you know artist it's it's really great this record it's really really great and it was you know it was i thought the left foot album was great and then this came along and i was like fucking hell this is mad good it's mad how good this is yeah really really brilliant and just like it is so good to hear a band who have been going around for so long still sound so fresh and so invigorated and to kind of challenge themselves and you know like you, you would not have expected this is the kind of the opposite of code orange whereas you you all knew code orange was coming i could not have predicted that a fucking orbital album would make my top 20 albums of the year <laughs> if you'd have asked me right at the start of 2023 i'd have i've gone oh i bet it's gonna be a bit like ponderous and just sound a bit dated but it doesn't at all it's brilliant did you listen to this one gas 
I did, I did, I, I did like it a lot. I preferred the Chemical Brothers album. That is good as well, yeah. Uh, that was that was a lot of fun. Again, that was so that was one I should have should have given a shout out mm -hmm. to. That was kind of in my when I started shaving it down. I got to like about thirty albums that were still in the mix. Um, but yeah, there's like you said, all you know, Left Field, uh, Orbital, um, the Chemical Brothers, and obviously there's going to be a new Underworld album next year as well. Mm -hmm. Now they're all still. still releasing really fucking good stuff they're yeah. not you know, like you said they're not letting go of that baton no. quite yet but they're all sounding really really good and I think all those kind of dance incredible dance acts from that you know the halcyon days of the mid 90s here we fucking go again um, but they they all kind of had a real kind of timeless quality to their music it, it kind of it, it, it all seems to be kind of it all still seems to sound really kind of fresh and and new, mm. and which is a real, really fucking hard thing to do with electronic music because it always has a fucking timestamp to it. Yeah, I mean, you, there's you know, definitely some of them where I go, oh, that doesn't quite. But there are the, the kind of best yeah. of them don't have that, and yeah, know, no, and they yeah. and they really don't, mm. and they they just sound yeah, just it's it's great, and it's, it's lovely to have them still kind of releasing new stuff. And like you said, that that Sleaford Moss track is like. In your face orbital. Mm. There's a sentence I never thought oh, I'd say in 2023. So there you go. <laughs> Optical Delusion yeah. by Orbital is a great record. What's your next pick, mm. Gaz? Uh, next pick, we're going to go for uh, another unexpected comeback. We're going to go for Real Food at Last, the much-delayed second album from Southend's finest, Understand. Right, okay. I wondered if mm. this might be in here. Yeah, yeah, and it is. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I shock you? Yeah, it certainly is. Um, like I said, yeah, just another gloriously kind of unexpected kind of comeback. Never thought this was ever gonna kind of be released. I think I think a lot of it kind of came about because was it their bass player passed away last yeah. year or a couple of years ago? I yeah. think. Um, and you know, but you know, we finally get the second album from one of the most kind of underrated and most missed bands from you know, the 90s kind of British scene. Uh, you know, wonderful post-hardcore done, done right, all kind of serrated riffs and missile precision choruses. You know, a real, real glorious kind of trip back in time. And after owning the majority of these songs as real, really bad quality MP3s from the fucking Napster days, <laughs> that's how long I've had them. It's, it's so fucking lovely to finally have the kind of proper mastered versions of them. And it is, it's wonderful. The, their first album was, was, was great. You know, they, they were yet another one of those kind of British bands that was signed to a major. I mean, they were on, I think it was East West. Yeah, they were, yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, they had traction in Kerrang. You know, Kerrang were pushing them for a little bit. And, um, you know, it was a case of, you know, what, what could have been. You know, they were just another band that kind of fell kind of between the cracks. And, uh, you know, they were like, the, it was like the British kind of quicksand, really, you know. And really was. It's a it's 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 a lot of fun. This um this album. And it, it was really nice to see it get kind of you know decent reviews on like um on the like the Kerrang website and stuff like this. It was actually and there, there were some really nice articles written about the band and stuff. I think there was a really nice article. Guardian one. must have been written. But yeah, the Guardian one. There was one on the Kerrang as well. It, it must have been written probably by James Sherry or someone like that. Someone from that scene back in the day and stuff. But it was it was lovely. There's a lot of kind of fondness still for this band. And yeah, it was a, a wonderfully joyous listen. Mm. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Great. You know, like if you like that sort of thing, 
you're probably yeah. going to like that. And it's been one of those ones that I kind of got a cult following. Yeah, good album. Mm. Good album, that. Um, I'm wondering if this one is also in your list, but we'll see, I guess. Um, I want to shout out Sundial by No Name. This was one that came perilously close to infiltrating my top five this is a real kind of top half finish if you like i know we've all said oh we're not really going to rank the the sort of the 15 outside of the top five but this is one that i would say you know gets um it gets quite close to getting in into that you know certainly in that conversation there's to be fair there's about seven or eight of them that, that i would say like got into that conversation but this is absolutely brilliant i've said a lot of times before with hip-hop sometimes you can get away with crap production or non-plussed production or average production if you've got an amazing mc what you've got here is a really amazing mc and i think no name lyrically this is a very very challenging interesting intricately put together record which has themes that i don't even feel like i am anywhere near qualified to comment on so i'm going to leave that to people who are far more qualified than me to comment on them but what i will say is there are things said on this album that i've never quite heard again you know like when i spoke about kendrick last year i was like he's saying stuff that i've never really heard articulated in this genre of music before i think that's true of this record as well for you know for some people might say for better or worse because it is quite a controversial record as well but you know even when you know if you had that with nothing surrounding it you'd still go man this album's great but to have it with this unbelievable kind of smoky soulful analog sounding like it's it's one of the richest sounding records everything i just said about code orange where there's so many different elements to it this is one of the richest warmest densest thickest sounding records that you'll hear this year there is so much going on there is like i say there are soul parts there are classic kind of hip-hop beats there are little kind of skittering almost modern trappy sounding beats there are big choiry parts there is you know people like billy woods coming in coming in on board you know there are electro parts there are like it's just so 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 much is going on and yet at the center of it all is this phenomenal phenomenal performance by no name i think this record is spectacular i'm just looking at the wikipedia page now and it's 31 minutes and 50 seconds i had no idea it feels like not it doesn't feel like an hour and then like oh god it drags but it feels like how can you get all of that into half an hour how can you get how can you uh, absolutely brilliant absolutely brilliant album so yeah sundar by no name unquestionably you know one of the most impressive records of the year i would say oh without question go on oh. what you got next uh next i have got where are we uh, right yeah we're gonna talk about um the second album uh by ellie chake on chuck on i think it's chuck on chuck on yeah okay yeah, I'm, I'm called Sundown. Eddie is in. Yes, it's the Eddie from Charles and Eddie. Oh fuck! Look into my eyes, can't you see? I've not listened to this. Bloody hell! I told you about this months ago. Catch up. You did, but I've forgotten all about <laughs> it, <laughs> mate. It is incredible. He's, I, I, I got turned on to his debut album, um, like a few years ago, by a very good friend of mine. 
Um, and yeah, I was looking forward to the set because the first thing, it blew me away. I was just like, fuck, this is the guy from fucking Charles and Eddie. I can't mm. believe this. And, you know, it floored me uh, with its kind of gentle, kind of jazzy Curtis Mayfield vibes. Honestly, you would love this. You will love I still this. haven't listened to it. I'm sorry, mate. Yeah, you did. This I've is, not had a chance. This is... This like second second album Sundown is even better. It's just a wonderfully haunting R and B record, all kind of warm arrangements and you know whispered kind of beauty to it. And there's a big kind of Pharaoh Sanders kind of thumpering all over the material as well, which is fucking home run as far as I'm concerned. I fucking adore Pharaoh Sanders, um, and it's it's just. It's wonderful. It's, I think it's like eight songs. It's it's pretty. It's just a shade over half an hour. It came out during the kind of heat wave of like I think it was like June July time when it got really warm and it was. It's just a glorious kind of late summer's eve, kind of um, jazzy Curtis Mayfieldy, just beautiful kind of old school analog R and B soul album, and it's a real kind of career renaissance from a, from a gold medal standard 90s one hit wonder yeah man oh fucking hell i i i, I would now absolutely yeah. i'm gonna go and listen to that yeah absolutely it's, i'm gonna go and yeah. listen to that yeah for sure yeah. um it's so it's so and good. you you listen you should too because gaz would he lie to you baby would he lie to you oh yeah <laughs> that's all i know <laughs> look into these eyes what's the album called again uh sundown 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 all right good well we it's uh oh it's good okay well we couldn't get much more different from what i'm about to talk about you know sometimes you go did you just make this for me i feel quite flattered like <laughs> is that arrogant of me to think like did you just form a band to go oh what what what, what does Stephen Hill like he likes synth pop and he likes hardcore so obviously he's gonna like ms paint and their debut album post-american now, again, this is a band who I saw a few people kind of going, oh, yeah, you know, you should check this band out, you should check this band out. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, yeah, they're a kind of hardcore band. I, don't, I like, you know, what, what, what can hardcore really do? There's only been the, the Sam will like this, the turnstileification of hardcore. That's a thing. Yeah, that's yeah there he thing. is again. That's the thing, isn't it? But then. We've got to get that on a t shirt, mate. It's got to be. Yeah, done. okay. Um, but I came to this MS Paint album not knowing anything about them. And. After one listen to it, I was like, this is basically like every single sound that just lives inside my head all the fucking time. It is big. It is bouncy. It is quite dumb. It is synthy. It is like aggressive. It is poppy. It is catchy. It is like... It's just an absolute fucking riot, this album. I I love it. I love, oh. Straight to your head, to your head, with this big, like, Peter Hook bass line with this bloke doing kind of mad ball gang chants. <laughs> and then, like, these kind of these synth bits come in and then a big old fucking, like, brrr, like fucking riff will come out of nowhere. I, I think this is brilliant. I remember, like, you know when we reviewed it and Sam was like, yeah, I, I, I like it. It's a bit weird, but I, I, I quite like it. And I was just like, mate, I'm in. I am so in. And for a little while, I was like, I think this is going to, I think this is going to make, again, I was like, I think it's going to make the top five. I think it's going to make the top five. And I hadn't listened to it for a while. And then when I was kind of going back through all my albums this year, I was like, hold on, that fucking MS Paint album, I've got to listen to it again. I haven't listened to it for a couple of months. And as soon as I put it on, it all came flooding back. It all came flooding back. And I was like, oh, it's a fucking slam dunk. It's a slam dunk. It's easy. It's getting in here. No doubt about it whatsoever. Absolutely 
killer album. Makes me want to drop kick the 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 the, the, the continent <laughs> Asia out of the out of the solar system. Not that's nothing against Asia at all. By the way, it's just I just it was the first continent that popped into my head. Yeah. I, I need some UK dates, lads. I need some UK dates because I am all over this band. I'm gonna like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna snap my ankle ligaments <laughs> when they come to the UK, and that's a promise. Can't wait! Can't wait! <laughs> oh, can't wait to see that! Oh, <laughs> bad back core. That's what it's gonna be. <laughs> Brilliant. All right. Next up for me um, is. Um, an album called Floodhead um, by a band called Tape Runs Out. Do I know this? Uh, maybe. Um, Lamac was playing them quite a bit before he like departed. Uh, okay. Six. No. Uh, I don't know if you've listened to them. But yeah, um, it's, it's yet another su- superb release from the best DIY indie label in the land. That'll be Trapped Animal Records. Uh, the lovely people behind uh, Steve Dicer, um, you know, I love, uh, and obviously the head swim. Yep. Reissue and stuff. Um, this is like, it's a real kind of, you'll love this, mate. It's a real kind of exploratory kind of sonic journey from the mind and soul of, um, of the band leader, uh, the guy who is, take runs out basically, this guy called Liam Gudrun Bell. Um, it's all kind of layered atmospherics building into kind of like crashing crescendos a bit of Pink Floyd and Stephen Wilson here uh, some talk talk and Mogwai there it's all kind of like fragile and and like melancholic but it has a wonderful kind of modern take on prog pop but they're kind of condensed kind of prog epics you know like 10 minute songs that are actually kind of three and a half minutes Mm. but in a really kind of beautifully succinct way it's a glorious album and it's one I've listened to a lot. Um, I sort of, I, 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 I bought it. Uh, I think I heard one song, uh, and I was like, right, yeah, I'm going to buy this. And I'm so glad I did. It's been one of the most, one of my most listened to kind of vinyl purchases of the year, and it's it's glorious. You know, there's a lot of kind of talk talky kind of Steve Wilsonly stuff going on in the backgrounds, and I think yeah, I think you'd get quite a bit out of this album. Mate. What's it called again for everyone who didn't catch it the first couple of times? Uh, the album's called Floodhead, and the uh, artist is called tape runs out okay cool yeah it's, i think it's I'm on re- all the streaming platforms so yeah it's got like a green cover yeah. like a sort of sound wave on the green cover all right it's, sweet uh, it's great okay good um all right good well i'm gonna move on to another album that sam actually talked about last week and it's not got quite as high and i think dave obviously talked about it as well um not quite as high as i had as those guys had it but heavy heavy by young fathers was always going to make my top 20. I think this is an absolutely brilliant record. I wasn't really familiar with Young Father's music. I was familiar with the name. I knew they'd won a Mercury Prize. Um, this record, for my money personally, is having gone back and listened to the rest of their back catalogue, I think, I think it's their best album. And I think everything Sam said about it last week, again, this is 32 minutes long. 32 minutes of your life over 10 tracks from a band who managed to convey that very bleak sounding Scottish indie feel that bands like maybe Twilight Sad or Mogwai have kind of captured over the years. There is a bit of that in there, but due to their 
differing sort of backgrounds and their kind of the the, the places they're brought up the sort of their, their family kind of genetic makeup those sort of afro beat things that they bring in those african tribal rhythmic sort of my, the, the, yeah the kind of the rhythmic tribalism that sort of underpins everything on this album is incredible and i think melding those two things again is just you know like hardcore and synth pop like who saw that coming not many people but ms paint did and they did it really well even more so than this kind of the bleak dense gray skies of scotland and dour scottish indie music melded with this kind of joyous funky unfuckwithable rhythms of of, of kind of, of of african music and i think the kind of you know the anger and the the anger kind of i don't know if it's from the sort of the african side or even from the scottish side because you know scottish that that's a, i think that's something that comes in scottish music as well there's a kind of like there's a there's a there's a bit of a bitterness towards some like from some of that stuff do you know what i mean oh for sure and for sure. i think they managed to kind of balance all of these incredibly disparate different things together in an amazing way geronimo as a song like i think that's now my favorite song on that record is just absolutely fucking brilliant it's not really comparable to anything else maybe one other album maybe but not really it's not really comparable to anything else that i've heard this year not really anything at all it it's just such a unique fusion of styles and ideas and places and mindsets and individuals of wildly differing disparate kind of cultural and social backgrounds and it comes together over 32 minutes to create this album which is both uplifting and terrifying and threatening and gorgeous and danceable yet bleak as well in a lot of ways like everything everything that happens in this record feels so singular to young fathers it's fucking brilliant this record they are a brilliant band really really good and again like going back to other albums i'm like wow they're they're great but this this is really special i think was it dave you said they were like the modern massive attack yeah yeah and i think that's a really that's a really really good great shout yeah heavy heavy by young fathers man what a great record really great nice um okay um got the second mention for jaw now <laughs> we've got a jaw super cluster oh yeah oh i've been i've, I've been hearing rumors about andy Cairns noise rock side project for a few years now and uh yeah it finally got kind of released to my welcoming bosom um like in the early kind of part of the summer i think um it's just you know a, a delicious combo combo of kind of killing jokes abrasiveness especially kind of like that kind of early 90s killing joke kind of era uh, abrasiveness mixed with a real kind of industrial stomp all kind of dirtily cinematic and raw with with barely a hook or a chorus in sight which is mad considering where you you know when you think of you know Andy's day job, yeah, is literally shitting choruses for breakfast. <laughs> um, and you know, 
it's got, it's got some of the best production I've heard on kind of a quite a quite heavy album in a long, long time. It's got one of the best snare sounds I've heard in ages. It's just so fucking big. It sounds like you're slapping a bit of meat. Um, kind of your know, distorted vocals and a real feeling of dread. Plus, and as I was saying before, an absolutely incredible cover of Bjork's Army of Men to finish off the album. Yeah. It's great. It's just, you know, it's eight songs. It's it's incredible, and I'm so glad I got to see one of the gigs because they only did about I think four or five gigs during the summer because obviously you know Andy's a busy old boy, um, and yeah, it was wonderful to see it live. And if anything, it was even kind of heavier and more a, a more kind of feeling of existential dread seeing it in a sweaty room where there was literally no air, mm-hmm. literally no air. How are you alive? It was horrible yet scarily. What wonderful at the same time it was great <laughs> and the album was, was exactly the same yeah, it's a good album and it's just it's wonderful it's great mm, yeah it is good it is good hey we've been talking about some pretty serious stuff recently I'm not saying this isn't serious but hey let's lighten the mood a little bit with what I think might be might be mm, probably yeah I guess probably is my favourite pop album of the year yuck by Olivia, sorry, not Yuck, Guts, sorry, it's not called Yuck, that was something else. <laughs> yuck. yuck is the Anne-Marie one, Guts, by yeah. Olivia Rodrigo. Now, Olivia mm. Rodrigo is not really the sort of artiste that you would think a 43-year-old man would be that interested in, right? And you don't need no. to check my hard drive, I'm only enjoying music, all right, guys, just leave leave it alone, like, it's fine to like teenagery sound in music. I think, you know, the fact that Olivia Rodrigo is making music that sounds like it could have been, you know, lifted from a a Lindsay Lohan movie back in 2005, <laughs> but also also yeah. sounds like Bikini Kill as well. I actually think that's a really, really cool thing. You know, these comparisons that people, like snobby people who have really got no reason to try and gatekeep fucking Avril Lavigne, like... you're gatekeeping Avril Lavigne like I've seen people doing that and I just think to myself like the thing is Avril Avril Lavigne never would have taken the breeders out on tour with her right so immediately I go something about you Olivia Rodrigo that you seem to understand this form in more than just like hey remember when bands like this were were on you know at the end of mean girls or something like that do you know what i mean like there's a lot more going on that she's got i think you know listening to like bad idea right all american bitch ballad of the homeschool girl um and you know some of the kind of more ragey ones you do go oh yeah there's a bit of kim gordon there oh yeah there's a little bit of um you know that kind of pixies thing there there's a little bit of bikini kill here Like, like she does not seemed to me like she is ignorant of that stuff and i love to hear it because she is young enough and kind of uh, you know actually um aggr- well, yeah aggressive enough she's young enough and aggressive enough and excitable enough and um energetic enough to be able to pull off songs like that and make them sound just as good as the kind of songs that we remember coming out when like you know Babes in Toyland or L7 or whoever came around yeah. back in the day. And like, you know, I yeah. never made that connection with Avril Lavigne, musically speaking. 
And that's no shade on, on Avril Lavigne. On, uh, not even just music, man. On any fucking yeah, level. Yeah, and that's 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 no that's really? no shade on Avril Lavigne as an artist or whatever. But I'm oh, just no, saying that like Olivia Rigo does have that, and then she also has songs like Vampire, which are lovely, and yeah. you know beautiful, heartfelt, and slow, and and quiet. And you go, well, yeah, this is gonna really, really mean something to uh, a young girl who is struggling with her identity growing up and going through puberty and all that stuff. Like that's going to mean something to that person. And that's not me being like, Oh, and I've put it in there for a little box ticking exercise. No, no, these songs are great. They're fucking great songs. And I actually think it's wicked that somebody like Olivia Rodrigo is, is getting really big because I don't, you know, she might've been a Disney, whatever. And people going like, Oh, she's an industry plant and blah, 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 blah. Ultimately, this album was written by her. Every song was written by her. And every single song, to me, sounds like the the byproduct of somebody who has a very rich, deep understanding of a long culture of, I don't like to use the word female-fronted, but, but women's experiences in alternative music. And I think yeah. she has made a brilliant, in 39 minutes, she's made a really perfect, brilliant amalgam of a very dexterous and very broad sounding set of influences. And ultimately, all that's great, but ultimately it's also just a very, 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 very good pop album. A very good pop album. She's really good. She's really good. I would like right. to go and see Olivia Rodrigo in concert. I am. I, I think that would be a, a, a cool thing to witness. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah, Guts by River, Olivia Rodrigo is in my list. Nice. All right. Life Under the Gun. Military Gun. Mate, we might as well do it together because that was going to be my next one. May, may as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's just say it at the same time. Three, two, one. Life the turnstileification oh. of modern hardcore. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, cheers. Um, yeah, go on. Uh, right, you you start, mate. Okay, mate. Well, this, you know, this album was, was this year's kind of high-vis for me. Mm. Um, you know, a, a superb album of like kind of rough-edged and insanely catchy rock songs played with a real kind of fire and passion you know and there, there's but there's also kind of a real sense of like vulnerability scattered throughout like your front and center in like the drudgery of existence in this kind of modern capitalist world you know i've been feeling low so i got very high you know that that line kind of hit particularly kind of true with me um you know yes wolf's none of it is kind of particularly original um, it's a superb kind of vignette into where modern punk rock is going, and I'm all for it, man. You know that. Um, you know the fact that kind of you know High Vis opened their set outbreak with a fucking cover of Morning Glory. Mm-hmm. You know that speaks volumes to me about uh, as where these are these modern day kind of punk rock bands are getting their fucking influences from. Yeah. What's wrong with writing a fucking big fuck off anthem like Oasis? What's wrong with that? It's, but, but it, 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 it's just it, it seems like such a fucking simple and obvious thing mm-hmm. but no one's done it in that field of music and it's just like or well, certainly not for like fucking years and years it's just like wow and it sounds so fresh so fresh but that's it isn't it? Is it I think you know like heavy music for a while I felt like was going how technical and how difficult and how unusual can we be 
but without where's the songs mate? where's, where's the, the fucking the songs military gun yeah you're quite right like i i interviewed ian uh, the vocalist for, for Metal Hammer. And we got talking mm. about Weezer and how much he loves Weezer. We got talking about Morrissey and the Smiths. We got talking about like Pulp with him as well. I got talking about like all, you know, and I also got talking about Shelter and Quicksand Wicked. and Good Helmet. Ass. And do you know what I mean? And Tyson. and all of those yeah. kind of, and the Texas, the Reasons and that, all of those, those things. And you just go like, yeah, yeah. You're cherry picking from all these awesome fucking scenes yeah. and it's just like, oh, it's like he was it's great it's so he exciting was saying to me, he's like, i remember you know like he's too young to actually remember but he's like i remember people would always sort of say to me like these they're these bands and they should have been bigger so i checked them out and he's like yeah they should have been bigger and so the you know there's an untapped well of stuff for you to just yeah. be like fucking hell like writing these songs like my friends are having you know my friends are having a hard time is amazing it should in yeah. every single other alternate universe on in in the ever that is a fucking top five top 10 world, world yeah. like hit single it is do it faster as soon as it comes in it's one minute 48 it sounds like the, one of the greatest pop songs ever oh. written the and the riffs are massive and it but it fucking bounds along with all this energy and all this vigor and all this vim and it does that thing that yeah you know again two blokes are in their 40s going oh in the 90s we used to write really good songs <laughs> what we fucking did everybody just yeah. seemed to write to just go right okay the first thing's first write a fucking song yeah and the thing the mad thing is like all these like guys who are in like you know military gun and high visit stuff you know, compared to us they are kids right they weren't even alive really when all that stuff came out but I love the fact they discovered it um, like all those bands you, you, yeah. you just read of like Shelter and all this amazing fucking stuff that we hold so fucking dear to my heart there are these kids who were picking up that baton going right we're going to run with it we're going to do this kind of really fucking aggressive kind of, you know, bordering on hardcore punk music, but we're going to put in these world-beating stadium-sized choruses. And it's just like, it's such an obvious thing to do, but it is absolute fucking genius. And yeah, I, I really hope this blossoms into a scene of not just like a handful of bands, like fucking, you know, 10, 20 bands doing this mm. kind of music and it seems to be clicking with a lot of people man and it's 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 a wonderful thing to say yeah and it and, and, and you know i think it is purely because and, military gun and this album are fucking brilliant but they're good at the end of the day like you said it's just they're just fucking good songs oh, man, man. So good. they're accessible enough for people who aren't usually into the sort of outbreak kind of bands yeah. or that kind of music they could get into stuff. this yeah, of course. You, yeah you could play this to an indie kid and they would like it they'd probably be like oh vocals are a bit uh, but they would like the songs I reckon mm. it's it's so accessible and it's 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 fucking it's so much fun yeah and again it's another album that's like barely half an hour mm. long it's brilliant it's I love it it was, it was it was always getting in mind definitely mate you might as well pick another one because we sort of did that together so that counts as my next pick as well uh, right uh, what was that oh, that was six wasn't it yeah. yes that was six okay let's do okay let's do um, moments of clarity narrowhead this was within a Rizzler paper of getting in my top five it's a good album 
Yeah, I'd never really kind of, I'd, I'd heard the name Narrowhead, I'd never listened to their music. The only reason I did was for um, when <laughs> you you and Sam reviewed it on the pod. And I think in the first sentence, Sam was just like, oh yeah, yeah, Sean Leddington and Gaz Jones are going to fucking love this. I was like, right, oh, I stopped the fucking pod and put on Apple Music. I was like, literally within, you know, um, the first song, The Real, that kicked in. And I was literally within 10 seconds, I was like, you ain't fucking, you ain't wrong, mate. Oh my God. You know, 90s shoegaze. Yes, please. Siamese Dream Era Pumpkins played by Hum. Yes, please. You know, it's an album of like real heft and groove and almost drone-like riffs, all kind of massively, massively distorted, yet so fucking melodic. And like, it literally made me drool the first time I heard it through. And like, you know, the dreamy sonics of bands like, like Failure and My Bloody Valentine are kind of peppered throughout. And I love the fact that Again, like Military Gun, that there are these new, uh, well, I mean, Narrowhead aren't particularly new, but they're kind of, they're, they're young guys, you mm. know, and they're making this kind of music in 2023. You know, the, the, the kind of bands and the guitar sounds and the, and, and, and the style of, of music that I hold and you hold so fucking close to our hearts. And there are these new bands kind of just running with it. It's great. I mean, it's an absolute, it's an unabashed kind of homage to kind of some of the greatest bands uh, um, of all time, from the greatest era of music of all time, and I'm all for it, man. And then some. It's, it's, it's fucking, it's great. I love those kind of riffs, and it, it's been so long since because you know Pumpkins aren't making music like this anymore. Mm. None of those bands are. I mean, that last Hum album was all right. It was nowhere near as good as their nightly stuff. But we got Deftones. It's, Deftones are like the only one yeah. where you go, okay, there's a bit, there's kind of a bit yeah. of Deftones there. But you know, they don't strictly really sound like like Deftones, do they? Really, you know, not completely. No, but there's a bit of Deftones in there, I think, when they get a bit heavier. You got, you, uh, yeah, but you got, you obviously, you know, you've had, um, um, you know, what Shrifle's kind of doing stuff again. And stuff, and it, it's good, but it's nowhere near as good as the stuff you, you know, you know, like the first Rival Schools mm. album, or like you know the, you know, the two Quicksand albums in the nineties mm. and stuff like that. But like hearing this kind of music is kind of, it's just incredibly exciting to me. It's just, it's just nice to hear the, the these essentially kids kind of running with it and just like m- making music. You know, I have no interest in like a Smashing Pumpkins album at all. Zero fucking interest in anything. Mm-hmm. Pun. they've done over the last fucking god knows how many years and going forward but bands like narrowhead i'm like give me that any day of the fucking week yeah yeah it's good that it over, over good any that of those one. any of those yeah, kind I mean, of particularly pumpkins have been pretty bad recently haven't they so pretty bad yeah good yes. album um yeah it was close to it was it was in the conversation for a moment just sort of missed out i do i do like it a lot though yeah, right great. here's another one that sam spoke about last week and i'm gonna speak about it now the debut studio album from Boston noise rock band model actress Dog's Body. Sam called it the best debut album of the year last week. He's got uh, not got that accolade from me, but I can see <laughs> he's why. certainly got an opinion. Yeah, no, I can see why he thinks <laughs> okay. that, right? Because this yeah. is, I mean, this is all about the kind of thing that he would be into. He sort of said a lot of it last week, if you want to go back. I think Sam actually summed this album up quite, quite brilliantly. This is noise rock. This is a painful record. When you look at interviews that Cole Hayden, uh, the band's frontman, has made regarding this album, and the, the, on their Wikipedia page it says, the album is basically 
as he describes it, picking up my damn body from all those times not knowing what was really meant by all of that suffering. This album is the reason for having experienced all of that. This is a purge of a record. It is an absolute emotional purge of a record. Cole Hayden is openly gay. And whilst this album never explicitly talks about his sexuality, there is a level of kind of confusion and frustration that emanates from this sheet metal pure white noise feel that you get from much of this record that I think makes it one of those rare things in this scene in this kind of noisy rock no wave scene which is a a genuinely heartfelt and emotional record and as Sam quite rightly pointed out last week, this has hooks. This has fucking hooks for days. This has hooks like the Kylie Minogue album. I know Sam sung it like it was, it doesn't really, but it's like, but for this type of music, this is as catchy and as poppy yeah. and as instantaneous as this music will ever be. And a lot of that is down to Carl Hayden, like finding some little pocket within this horrible disgusting nauseating sound which which i just fucking love and finding something again you know again last week we were like a body count higher than a mosquito that is one of the most brilliant hooks of the entire year for me and when you get to songs towards the end like maria when you get to like amaranth when you get to like these songs that are like terrifying this music is meant to be terrifying noise rock no wave whatever you got it swans big black all that stuff it's meant to be like fucking shit your pants music right it's meant to leave you in this state of existentialist dread and it does but it also makes you sing along which is mental because then you go like should i even be doing this should i be singing along to this like revolting music I i think this is this is having your cake and eating it because that you know like they could be really big they could actually be quite a big band i think model act just yeah, if they wanted if they wanted yeah to. like they they're playing primavera next year where i'm going yeah. alongside like charlie xcx they're a perfect primavera charlie xcx and fka twigs and like lana del rey and pulp and stuff like and you just go like they're going to scare the piss out of people but I, nah, nah, they're a perfect primavera. No, nah, you're right. Actually, the, the sort of people, per, that, perfect the sort of people. Band. I'm sure that you know. Like, I look at the rest of the lineup. I'm going, like, oh no, actually, they probably. I'm sure they will be fine. But I yeah. think even still, they will be like significantly more unusual than a lot of the stuff that is going on. And it's a pretty fucking wild lineup. But like, yeah, I and and I I cannot wait to see them. I mean, imagine seeing that in like they'll be they'll be on like one in the afternoon probably in a like really really blazing hot sun hot sun yeah and then this comes out and it's oh it's gonna i i can't wait yeah so yes love this band love 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 this band and again like a a a rare time where i've picked something which is super heavy you know i've not picked as much of it this year but when it's good fucking hell it's good and yeah dog's body model actress is good what you got gaz what's next uh, we got uh, Gabriel's Angels and Queens. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, oh my giddy gosh. Seductive retro future soul. All gospel led drama. I mean, Jacob Lusk's voice is like, it's like audio velvet, man. It's just, you know, all intimate and kind of earnest one second and then Broadway S falsetto the next. Uh, you know, the orchestration throughout is absolutely fucking chef's kiss top notch. And you kind of, you just feel enveloped by the absolute kind of classiness of it all. The brass, the strings, the double bass, the drama. And like, again, you know, this is an absolute kind of modern day classic. I think it will be kind of copied and imitated for years to come. His, no, just his, their performance on Jules Holland's earlier this year was fucking mind-blowing. It's the best thing I've seen on Jules in a long, long time. Yeah. And you know, you know, tracks like uh, like Taboo, uh, just oh, just just glorious. It's an incredible kind of listen. Um, like the because obviously like the half it came was because I think Sam said it half half it came out last it did, year. Did yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it's yeah, it's incredible. This is another one where I was just like, oh, because this is like one of the albums I've listened to most this year. And it probably should have been in my top five, but it's just kind of missed out. But it is absolutely incredible. It's a genuine modern day classic. It's wonderful. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, moving on. Moving on. on <laughs> I would like to bring to you all of your attention the third studio album by the New York synth pop trio Nation of Language. The album is called Strange Disciple. Fuck, I forgot about this. Oh, no. no. No, I totally forgot. Oh, oh Gaz. Right. All all my list is redundant. <laughs> this is the album of the year. Good night. Yeah. We're done. I think we're done now. Okay? Yeah, we're again. Done. Oh fuck. This fuck. this is a fuck. this is an easy <laughs> top ten. Like this yeah. is an easy top ten. If you oh. do if you if you are kind of going Damn it. whereabouts does it go? So really this is an easy top ten for me. This record is brilliant. It's I mean I was talking about Olivia Rodrigo. If this counts as pop, this is the pop album of the year for me. Oh, yeah, yeah, without question. It is such an amazing love letter to the very, very early days of synth pop. There are Kraftworkian rhythms that scatter throughout this. There are, again, you know, Peter Hook, the, 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 the increasing influence of Peter Hook on guitar music over the last yeah. sort of five or six years has been amazing but like the peter hook kind of guitar uh bass guitar parts those kind of popping rhythms but actually although it is kind of classified as an indie record i think when you put on a song like stumbling still you can't help but tr- be transported back to kind of dare era the human league to ultravox oh, yes. to omd <laughs> to yeah. you know early depeche mode yeah to yazoo oh, you know to early eurythmics like it's got that really really cold yet warm alien yet human sounding feel to it and i don't want to make them sound like they're just this kind of revisionisty throwback whatever i don't really want to do that because i think when you put this on, you will go, this sounds like the perfect album for 2023. So much of it sounds like the perfect album for 2023. But ultimately, like, 
it's still an incredibly brilliant joyous love letter to a very very specific era of i would say mostly british music in the kind of the kind of 79 to about 1983 synth pop era <laughs> but yeah but with that kind of craft work like locomotive propulsion beneath it a brilliant album and again crucially hooks more hooks than a fucking hellraiser film like <laughs> hooks everywhere like it's it's so great i know like sam was a bit like he was talking about he's like oh i didn't really feel that uh, you know about it as you did it's because it's not nasty enough it's it's nice it's yeah. it's fey and it's sweet and it's do you know what i mean yeah um but i yeah. love it i love i love this album nation language strange disciple that is one that is a that is a fucking swing and a miss for you there gaz i'm afraid and then yeah some. i'm taking my ball i'm going home. <laughs> i'm in such i'm in such a strop right now anyway fuck it it's great it's it yeah it's good. good did you go did you go see no live? see this is one of the annoying things i was sent the album very early so i was aware that this happened yeah. and i because i'd heard yeah. one song and i was like this is brilliant and then yeah. i got the and i their pr had sent me something about them and i'd never heard of them before and then i just went oh i absolutely love this can you send me the album they sent me the album and they went oh they're playing at coco and i was like oh, or heaven and i was like oh shit yeah, it's heaven, i can't yeah. go and then a few months later they played coco and she was like, do you want to go to Coco? And I was like, I fucking can't go to that either. So I missed them twice, but I won't be missing them Shit. again because I love no. this record. I love it. No, I need to see, I need to see this live. Yeah, it's, I, yeah, it's, yeah, that was an outrageous oversight by me. But hey, yeah, what can one of do? us picked it. It's all that yeah. matters, all that matters. You know, one of us picked it. It is, it is fucking great. Uh, okay, um, next one I want to talk about is... Um, an album called This Stupid World, and it's the latest album by Yola Tango. Uh-huh, okay. Uh-huh. I've not heard yeah. this. Oh, it's it's great. <laughs> you'll love it, mate. You did, yeah, you'll love this. Um, yeah, the world's loudest quiet band. I think that's how they're always kind of marketed. <laughs> yeah. Or the world's, like, quietest loud band. Or the other, yeah, I can't never can't remember which way it goes around. But uh, it was it's, it's all recorded live. And it's kind of like, it's a totally kind of ethereal, almost like unassuming kind of listen. It kind of, it, you know, massive kind of recalls to like Sonic Youth's kind of most beautiful kind of moments. Um, kind of goo era, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and like um, Daydream Nation, that kind of stuff. Um, all kind of Mo Tucker kind of drum patterns and, and alt pop that shaves off its kind of experimental experimental edges enough to be kind of a really kind of wonderfully concise listen, even in the kind of longer tracks and like the extended guitar workouts of like like the opening track Sinatra Drive Breakdown. It's it's so beautiful. It's such a beautiful album, and it just kind of makes me kind of. Um, a kind of treasure kind of old school bands like Yola Tango but it also makes me really kind of miss it does make me miss Sonic Youth I miss Sonic Youth man you know um, I know they became way too obtuse even for their own good but you know certain albums that I go back to listen to from Sonic Youth you know sort of late 80s stuff to kind of the mid mid to late 90s um, yeah they were just fucking untouchable and yeah I'd highly recommend um, yeah, this uh, the latest album by Yellow Tango, This Stupid World. It's fucking great. Yeah, do you know what? I am looking at their discography now and I'm like, I've not really ever gone in on Yellow Tango at all. Mm. And it is a, to, a bit of a, a, I feel a bit embarrassed to say that really because I know that... The last two have been, have been 
probably two of their best really? ever albums as well. Okay. Yeah, really, really good. All right. Re- it's a great band. It's a great band. And yeah, this is this is one. It, 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 I I didn't wasn't even aware of it until it, it it had already been out like a few months. But I was just like, yeah, it was one I kept on going back to time and time again. Yeah. Okay. It's great. Well, really, really good. This is my last pick of this particular episode, so I'm going to make it a good one, and I'm going to give it an accolade as well. I've decided Ooh. the best okay. pro- spot prize, okay. the best <laughs> sounding album of 2023, the best production job of 2023 is the album okay. Javelin by the Detroit musician Sufjan Stevens. Nice. Which I think is a, just a magnificent sounding record. It came out on the 6th of October. Hence its position here in and around the top 10, I would say. I am somebody who I'm aware of Sufjan Stevens broadly as a name. I couldn't tell you much about his back catalogue. I couldn't tell you loads about his music. I know he's done a lot of sort of soundtrack music and I know he's, you know, part of that um, American indie sort of movement that, that rose up about kind of 15 something odd years ago right but i don't know much about sufian stevens i knew when this album came out i was like oh he seems like the sort of artist that we should cover without really knowing much about it and from the first listen i was like wow this record sounds spectacular it sounds like a dream do you know what i mean it sounds like it's come from somewhere else and when you look at the kind of you know the the people involved in it you know the the Bryce Desner from the from the National, um, being one of the people who sort of played on on the uh, the album, uh, uh, in and amongst a lot of vocal harmonies from Adrienne Marie Brown, Hannah Cohen, uh, Pauline Delassus, Megan Louis, Ned Del Torisi, those backing vocals, which almost you know th- this is an album which is bordering on being almost like an acapella record i think it's bordering on being a record which i mean certainly the voices do most of the heavy lifting throughout this record sophia stevens guitar playing is fairly slight i would say throughout the you know the 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 actual um the record itself and you know he is responsible for all of the music and all of the instruments pretty much on here, I think, with the exception of Bryce Dessner. Um, and so you're getting piano and keyboards and drums and, you know, looping and mixing and vocals and guitar all done by, by one dude. And the fact that he's created this kind of cacophony of voices, this, like, almost like angelic sounding record that has come from a a time of you know great personal strife in his personal life that he's created this record which is so beautiful sounding so fragile so euphoric at some points so kind of minuscule it feels like i think i said you know when, when we reviewed it a couple of months ago i said it feels like if you you don't want to move while you're listening to it because you feel like if you touch it it will all fall apart but then you know when you get to like 
you know, the eight minutes long shit talk or my red little fox or I mean, particularly, you know, the song Will Anybody Ever Love Me is heartbreaking. It's beautiful and it's genuinely moving. You know, this type of music can have a bit of a, it's got a bit of a reputation among people that don't like it for being sort of twee and fey and wet and soft and sappy and do you know what I mean and it's all a bit you know Zooey Deschanel in a sort of petticoat playing the ukulele <laughs> but yeah I, I think this record is just a firstly a glorious sounding record secondly a spectacularly put together sounding record a really beautifully personal record and yeah, one of the most unique sounding records that I've heard this year, and certainly for my money, I yeah, I will go. I've just thought about what's, you know, in my next ten and already what I've spoken about. You know, like talking about the No Name album and how amazingly dense and dexterous that sounds. Talking about Young Fathers and how those kind of those different influences sort of coalesce into this one whole thing. Um, how Model Act just managed to take hooks and sort of sheet metal white noise and turn it into something cohesive but all of them i think are lagging quite far behind javelin as a record by in terms of how it actually sounds on your ears it's a beautiful record and an amazing just an amazing thing i think like i say had it come out two months earlier we might be looking at something in the in the actual placings do you know what i mean It's it, it it it's great. I know you you kind of I know you liked it kind of a lot more than than I did. It's something I need to go back to again because I've never really gone in on him mm. on such as Stevens. Um, I mean, I still haven't either, really, because I've like, been so fucking no. obsessed with this record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, yeah, it's, it's definitely one I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to. Um, Definitely. Um, okay, well, the last one I'm going to talk about, and yeah, we're going to go out on another kind of massive high. Um, it's the metal album of the year. The best metal album in many, many years. We're talking about A Feast on Sorrow by Urn. Mm-hmm. Shout out Joe Nally. Shout out all three. All, all, the, all, all of them. All, all yeah. of them. All of them. Just, yeah. Fucking incredible. Like I said, yeah, metal album of the year without, without, a second's thought, man. You know, just a wonderfully kind of complex and progressive journey of a brief, of a brief of grief and loss. Man, it's you know, where do the memories go? The way that you know, like Joe, kind of, like you know, just kind of primal screams that out at the start of the album. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable. You know, heavy as fuck with kind of treacle, thick, kind of doom laden riffs. Incredible production. You know, you were talking about. Like production just now with the the such John Stevens album, you know Joe Duplantier from Kashira <laughs> yeah. do production on this. It, I ha- I don't think I I'm struggling to think of the last time where I I heard a kind of metal album produced like this. It's it's fucking it's it's absolutely incredible. Like, but there's like you know there's an incredible kind of catharsis to it all as well. You know coming to terms with you know. The, the tragedy um, you know that occurred and you know the Mastodon meets Metallica of uh, of the burden you know and just 
one of my one of my absolute favorite songs of the year. You know, it's staggering in its scope, and and then when it drops into that guitar solo that deserves to be played on a windswept mountain whilst wearing a loincloth. <laughs> um, you know, it's but they, they ram the album. You know, yes, it's an incredibly heavy album, but it, it's full of hooks. And I generally think it, there's a lot of accessibility to this. It's not just for people, you, you know, like stroking their chins, listening to fucking just gnarly, horrible noise. Do you know what I mean? There is, there's a real kind of craft and accessibility to it. And I, this is a genuine kind of modern day classic of a metal album. I do generally think that it's the best metal album I've heard this year or in the past decade. This it, it a stunning achievement. Mm. And... Yeah, probably really should have put it in my top five. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, well, this is a hard thing. There's a lot of good shit yeah, that's coming out this well, year. They're all winners. They're yeah, all winners. Yeah, it really is. So there you go. No. Um, the second part of this should be available to you right now if I've decided to put it up. Hopefully I have. Hopefully I have. Hopefully for your sake. Because with 10 albums of that quality each. Yeah, right that we've just given you, you're probably going to want a little bit more. We can probably get some more. And if it's not there straight away... It will be winging its way into your ears quick sharp. So don't you worry your pretty little head about that. Thanks very much for joining us. Go over to patreon.com forward slash truecoppop if you want to sign up and you can listen to all of our exclusive content over there, which we would very much appreciate. Unless you probably would imagine you've had enough of us by the time we get to the, the final fucking of the top 20. But, you know, it's got to be done. You want to know, don't you? It's a, it's a bloody laugh, isn't it? So go on. Go over to the second bit now. See, see you later, guys. We'll see you there, guys, innit? I'll see you on the I'll see you on the flip can't, side. Can't, ho, can't ho, say ho. love you bye because you're gonna you're not going anywhere. Love you, see you in a All minute. Right. Yeah, that'll do. All right. Yeah. Bye everyone. <laughs>